Hey guys, it's Punk Rock, Four for Rose. I just wanted to take a second to remind you guys before the show about Gator Harley-Davidson's singles night on September 10th at 6pm. Now, there's only 50 spots available to enjoy the music, the speed dating, and of course the drinks. Now, the drinks makes out a 21 and up only party, so make sure you're there. Alright, and if you're interested in this, contact Jan at Gator Harley-Davidson uh, by her email. And that's Jan, that's J-A-N, at GatorHarley.com to get your tickets. Thanks so much, guys. We hope you enjoy the show. Anyway, I had to go to County Lago 30 days, and I got out, and my friends, like any good military friend should do, um, said, you want to, like, pay rent or get food? No, let's throw a party and invite whores and, and have a gangbang. Hey, welcome back to Four for the Road, everybody. I'm your host, Punk Rock. we got Drifter and Silent with us today, and I think we're going to cover some pretty cool stuff today. Um, as most of you guys know, uh, Jim and Dave are heading out. To you guys are going all the way to California, right? Is that is that correct, Jim? Yeah, we're gonna hit um, at least Hollister, and then maybe make our way down to the LA area. Um, I would like to meet up with the Pasadena Motorcycle Club. They go back to the early 1900s. I think they're the second oldest club in the United States. Um, and then you, you gotta go to Hollister. Gotta go to Hollister. Gotta go to Hollister. And right. you know, I've had a couple of my friends in the that happen to wear green and white. On that coast, they they were asking if you guys were going to make an appearance, and I told them you would. So, I'm okay. I'm glad I was right when I spoke out of turn there. I'm glad. I guess I'm committed now. You are committed, regardless if you wanted to or not. It's where you're going now. Okay, so so you're uh, you're doing something before the trip. So you're actually leaving tomorrow, which is Wednesday, or no Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, no, I'm leaving Wednesday, so it's day after. You're leaving tomorrow. Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, I, my club has their nationals over Labor Day weekend, so I'll be heading to that first. Okay. And then I'll be meeting Dave. That's why I'm meeting Dave way out in in Kansas. And uh, so, are you guys meeting in Kansas? Or are you guys meeting in Missouri? We are going to meet in Dodge City now. Oh, you're going to meet in Dodge City now. Mm-hmm. That is in Kansas. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> It's not in Kansas anymore, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, what are you guys planning on doing? You're you're meeting up in Dodge City, and then you're going to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, I knew that was <laughs> going to come up. <laughs> yeah, little little dad joke for us there. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh. So we're going to meet in Dodge. Um, on when we first started this, this whole thing was to talk to motorcycle clubs to kind of counteract all the bullshit that you hear out there, you know, all the, you know, they got busted for this and they're fighting with them and all the other bullshit. We just wanted to talk to these older clubs, these older established clubs and say, Hey, why are you in a club, man? What's so great about being in a club? You know, tell me a little bit about why you're here. Tell me some stories, you know, what's happened in your life. Tell me a little bit of history of your club and uh, just, Tell us all the good things to counteract all the bad things that's so easily to find, you know, on the internet. All you got to do is tune into one of these other, um, I don't know, sites or podcasts or whatever, and you hear all the bad stuff. But we want to put out the good stuff. And over time, that has kind of morphed into uh, me and Andar just doing a, a kind of like a, a buddy thing. And now my cousin is coming along with us. Um, he's about the same age as I am, which is old and so we'll see how far that goes and a really good club brother of mine who uh works in television and movies will be coming along with us as well and we're going to record all this and whoever we talk to we'll talk to whoever wants to talk to us uh, we'll record some of the writing record some of the scenery record the interviews and when we get back we're going to put all that together and try and make a little documentary and it'd be free on youtube there's no money involved in any of this and that's the way we like it so is your brother that works in the film industry is he the one that's going to be editing all that and making it nice and pretty you know i tried to rope him into that shit boy he stiffed armed me good <laughs> well you let him know how much it's going to take old punk rock to to pay him and, and i will be more than happy Dude works on high dollar TV shows, so uh, I don't oh, think yeah, he you cares. Don't, you don't want to deal with a little low rent operation like we got going. Yeah, I promise you, you've seen and heard of these TV shows and several of these movies. He's he's done. Awesome. Yeah, 
That is outstanding. Now, He's a great guy. Lives in downtown New York City. Oh, damn. Okay, yeah. so he's right, right in the heart of it. All right. Okay. Yeah. So you guys are – so you're going to Dodge City first. That's where you guys are meeting up at. Yeah, and then heading out to Pueblo, Colorado. Ooh, Pueblo. All right. Yeah. And then we're going to keep going west, and then the, we're going to hit Las Vegas with a big party, which I hope you're flying out to. Is that the case? I have my loop submitted to the Condor, so we'll see. And, and silent. Will you be able to make it? got to unmute himself here. <laughs> no. no. No, I won't be able to make it because I have a commitment that I have to go to. When do you not have a commitment? You are the busiest man I know. <laughs> Dude, that's why, and you know, like I keep telling him, like, man, like I don't hit you up to be on all these shows all the time and stuff like that because you're a busy man, you know? Like, Yeah. You got, you I got mean, I, I just, I have a commitment. I don't want to say it online what it absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We respect that. Yeah, I have a commitment that I cannot get out of. But uh, but yeah, that's why I mean that's why I haven't been hitting silent up recently, anyways, about you know getting on shows and all this rather frequently is because man, he's he's one legged man in an ass kicking contest and he's he's in the finals now, you know, like it's those titty yeah. bars will not run themselves. Okay, just they will not. They, they will, will not. not. <laughs> you know, they will not. So. You know, I can't make it rain if I ain't there. Yeah. Money, money, money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, I got my uh I got my leave stuff submitted. So we'll see if that gets approved. And then I should be hearing back rather soon, actually. And then I'm gonna submit another one for December to go up to Mama Tribe. Go hang out with Dave Party up there in Wisconsin for a little while. My boys will be up there racing too. So yeah. it'd be nice. Oh yeah. So Dave got us uh, matching shirts for uh, yeah. for Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I really get really, a little stupid. <laughs> I really hope that he wasn't bullshitting and he yeah, actually watched one of those. I because, hope if he didn't, he owes me one. God damn it. I want to see you in that. <laughs> yes, that is going to be a fucking classic. Yeah, it's one of those Dixon party shirts, and yeah, it's it's colorful. It's a it's it's a good yeah. choice. It's a good choice. The pink flamingos. <laughs> It'll go good with the tidy whities I plan on wearing with it. Oh, and Ranger panties. You got to wear Ranger panties. <laughs> don't don't think I don't have them. <laughs> I, I know you have them. You're you have to. It's, it's, you have to. It's required for life. Wait a minute. There's only one Ranger online with us right now. <laughs> well, yeah, I use the term Ranger panties, you know, just to accommodate him. And I couldn't fit in mine if I tried. <laughs> Well, yours are also from like 1978, <laughs> so we understand. You know, stuff I appreciate that. I appreciate that, young whippersnapper. I'm, I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know, it, even though I'm not going, I'm actually looking forward to y'all making this trip. You know, and and hearing the stories and and hearing the history that you learn, and you know, it's it's that's what's uh, that's what keeps the lifestyle so. Uh, mysterious, I guess. And so um, interesting is the old timers, you know, with you and Andar, especially, you know, who are the, the history buffs or the history nerds, as you like to call yourselves. Um, that that's what keeps so many readers truly interested in the page, you know, cause they protocol is not hard to learn. You know, you can, you can read it pretty much on any page on Facebook or this motorcycle related, and you can listen mm -hmm. to plenty of podcasts and, you know, and you can Google, you know, protocol. Um, it's there. It's, it's the history um, that's not really passed along, you know, and as guys like you and Andar that are, are, that are truly uh, attempting to save that and, and, uh, um, and let people know, you know, what it was and where it came from and how it started and, and so on. And, and I definitely appreciate it. And I'm definitely looking forward to, to hearing what, uh, hearing about your experiences. Well, since you mentioned that your, uh, your club does a great job on, on preserving the history. Outstanding. We try, we try, you know, it's, it's, we're all going to die at some point, you know, and you have to preserve the history. Before, yeah, well, maybe not you. 
um, and, and punk rock, you know, he's only 18 years old, so um, he's got a long time. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, you have to grab that history and you have to write it down and you have to preserve it because, you know, keeping it in your head doesn't do anybody any good at all. You know, you've got to pass that history along um, so that the, the next guys coming in line uh, attempt to cherish it, cherish it as much as we do. You know, that's what it's about. So in my club, whenever we have a prospect, we really drill them hard and we give them projects. Hey, go find out whose brother this was and where he was born and who did he marry and how many kids and all, you know, the whole thing. Just find out everything you can about the guys that, that went before you. I assume that that your club silent has something similar. Do you do you just uh, drill into your prospects about the uh, the club and the history? Um, there's a you know during their probate phase, they get taught uh, quite a bit, but they don't get taught everything. You know, we do the same thing as what you're referring to. You know, we we ask them a question and they have to go and find the answer. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, we don't just give them the answer. That's that anybody can do that. You know, it's no different than reading a book, you know, that, that it, for one thing, it tests other brothers, you know, patched in brothers. When you got a probate that comes and ask them a question and they don't know the answer to it, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's a challenge for them, but it's a challenge for that probate too of, you know, okay, silent doesn't know the answer. So let me go over here and, and ask Jim, you know, or ask punk rock, you know, it, and it gets them really talking to everybody because some probates are introverts. You know, you have to break them out of that shell um, to be more outgoing. And that's an easy way to do it is to challenge them with the history and force them to talk to brothers, you know, to get out of the shell and learn the history. So that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, something else I like to do is uh, whenever one of my prospects does figure out an answer, I'll wait a couple of days and then go ask another prospect the same question. And he better know the answer because if he doesn't know the answer, that's mean those prospects are not talking to each other. Right. Yeah. We have, uh, we have probates that they have, um, they have group chats, you know, mm -hmm. on, and, you know, they all have each other's cell phones and, uh, and there's probably dozens of these group chats throughout the nation. Um, I know of a couple of them that are here in Florida. Um, and they share their information. One, one probate to find out something and, and he'll shoot it out on that, that chat, you know, and, and, uh, I actually have about, I, well, actually I can't even tell you how many pages of history that I've, I actually have documented, um, from when I was probate, you know, and, uh, and the rest of the men that probated with me, we, there was, there were seven of us that, um, uh, we all compiled the information. We all asked different questions and then we put it into one, uh, pamphlet per se, you know, and, and kept it ourselves, but we shared it, you know, shared it as a group effort, you know, so we all had the exact same information that we all were out seeking. So I have a question for you guys. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, what's the best trait, the number one thing that a prospect would need to succeed in the MC world? Yeah, <laughs> man, you're saying just one. I man, that's, yeah. That's the, if you had to pick just one, the most important thing that a prospect brings to the table to be successful, what is it? Intestinal fortitude. Ooh, that's good. I would say the ability to communicate. Because if you have the ability to communicate, then you can, you know, you can accurately communicate what you're you're looking from from your patch holders you can communicate clearly to educate your fellow prospects uh or even correct a, a patch holder you know if he was spouting off some wrong information you have the ability to communicate and do it the correct way you know you can you can also educate brother because there's no <laughs> is there a correct way there, there absolutely is um it's never going to be well received uh, <laughs> well i wouldn't say never but it will rarely be well received but you know, at the end of the day, you're showing him that no matter what, hey, like, what's right is right, what's wrong is wrong, and this is what it is. You can't get mad at me because, you know, like, you're, you're, you're a retired chief, you know, I'm sure you had second classes and first classes and 
maybe even third classes come up and say, hey, you know, chief or hey, Jim, this isn't this isn't the right way to do this. Or, hey, we we found this not to be true. This is what we found to be accurate. I have no idea what that feels like. <laughs> no, I'm sure you don't. So into- intestinal fortitude, what do you mean by that, Simon? Um, the never attitude. You know, um, the uh, <laughs> he was texting me about that hat, saying he's got my hat punk rock. <laughs> so, oh, sorry about that. I didn't yeah. mean to get anybody in trouble, just in case. No, 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 no. He, no, he's not in trouble. He's got it. Um, so, what I mean by the ancestral fortitude, you know, is the never quit attitude. You know, I think as a as a probate, and because that was the question, right? Is probate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. I think as a probate, you're going to hit so many uh, speed bumps, so many brick walls. Um, you're you're at two o'clock in the morning and you're standing outside of the clubhouse. You know, you you're going to want to quit, you know, out there in the rain. You're tired. You're hungry. You know, uh, your old lady's bitching, you know, because you're at the clubhouse all weekend. You know, you, you got to have that intestinal fortitude to want to continue to drive on and drive on and drive on, knowing that there's light at, at the end of the tunnel. You know, um, communication really isn't a huge factor as a probate. Um, the uh, not that you don't you're not going to talk to full past members, you know, example, seeking history, you know, um, but communication isn't really where a probate shines. You know, because you're just going to fucking do what you're told to do, um, you know, whatever the task may be. But no matter what, there's always going to be at some point through your probate phase. And I don't know if you experienced it yourself that you're thinking, man, I volunteered for this shit. You know, <laughs> it was kind of like basic training. You know, you're like, I fucking actually volunteered to go through this bullshit. You know, um, I had those thoughts myself when I was probate and I was like, fuck, man, you know, I'm, I actually volunteered to put myself through this shit. Why? You know, and you kind of second guess yourself a few times. And, and luckily, um, I came through with a whole chapter and we bounced off of each other. You know, today I might be in my low spot, but, um, you know, my best friend Bopper, um, who's a warlock as well, you know, he would pick me up. You know, and then he would be down and I'd pick him up, you know, um, you know, and it went through that way through the whole chapter. So I think the intestinal fortitude is one of the one of the strongest assets that a probate should have. That's a good one. So, that's that's I mean, there's a bunch. Communication could be a great thing. Humility could be a great thing. Integrity, you know, uh you know, more your morals, ethics, values, your base, you know, your baseline of who you are as a person. I mean, you can there's so many things that you could anybody could say is the best trait, you know, depending on uh, how they how they're viewing the question or based on their experience mm-hmm. um, with probates and their own pre- probating time. I like that you mentioned humility. Uh, let's let's be honest. Motorcycle clubs attract um take charge kind of guys. We'll just call it like it is, right? Uh, A lot of times these take charge kind of guys have a difficult time serving the table before they sit at it. Right. uh, I've seen that many times. And I've even seen it that even if he does make it through the prospect or probate period and he does get patched, uh, his ego will get him in trouble because you as a patch holder and your ego are not bigger than the table. Right. Right. Usually it's the first year. You know, I was just having this conversation um, this weekend with some brothers of mine. You know, the, the first year that you patch in is your most dangerous year. You know, that's that's, again, my personal opinion. I'm not speaking well, as, as the club side. You know, I mean, you've been a hang around. You've you've pretty much had your life restricted as a probate. You definitely had your life restricted. Now you got a full patch on your back and your balls to the wall. You want to be involved in everything there is and you don't know shit. You know? <laughs> so that's dangerous. That's very, very dangerous. You don't know where the lines are. You know, you can read a set of bylaws, but where's the unwritten bylaws? 
you know, it's that type of stuff, you know, that, that they just, they're just a hundred to nothing. And, uh, and the, the ego, you know, as I stated in, was it last night? Didn't we do a podcast last night or was it the night before? Yeah, we did it. We did it last night. But uh, yeah. So, okay. So last night, you know, we were talking about, uh, uh, or I had mentioned changes, you know, where you change from being a civilian to being a hang around and then you change again from hang around to probate. And then you change again from probate to full patch, you know, and then you change again from being a full patch to actually having some sort of responsibility. You know, now granted your morals and ethics and core values should not change, but your day-to-day activities and your day-to-day responsibilities change drastically from step to step to step, you know, and, and that ego and that humility can cause you a lot of fucking problems. If you can't put it in check. You think, uh, you think ego is one of the reasons why there's so many pop-up clubs guys just popping up? Uh, 100%, 100%. Yeah. They see, they have access to everything just like we do, you know, the Google, the ganglands, the fucking, uh, you know, Fourth whatever shows, the four <laughs> podcasts, other podcasts, you know, and there's people running other podcasts that didn't fucking probate at all to be in the club that they're in. And they're spewing out protocol and tradition and history and all that other bullshit. You know what I mean? So they actually and go. And those guys are typically the hardest on prospects. Correct. Correct. They usually are. Um, but you know, these, these guys can find all the same information that anybody else can. And, and I think what it is, is they see, holy shit, man, these guys are going to basically beat me down, you know, not like physically beat you down, but they're going to beat you down emotionally and, and, and physical in the sense of, I'm going to be out on two o'clock guard duty. I'm going to be doing this. I'm washing people's bikes, you know, and the easy way out is, well, I'm just going to start my own club. You know, that's the easiest way out and so hence I, the pop-up clubs. So I, I, uh, after talking mm-hmm. to no shame about it on, I think two episodes ago, uh, he really kind of changed my mind on that. Cause I used to share your sentiment as well, that every pop-up club is because people are, they just want to, they, they want the easy way out or they want, you know, anything but prospecting. But even though people have access to the same information that we do, right, podcasts, uh, protocol pages on social media, stuff like that, um, they may not, they may just not know where to look. And yeah, I, I understand where you might come with, well, it's a fucking Google search. How hard is that? But Notion was telling a story about there's a club up in his area that was made up of a bunch of military guys, and they fell in love with Sons of Anarchy. And they watched, they they binge watched it multiple times throughout deployment and took notes, literally took notes on, hey, this guy's vest short. So that's probably, you know, my sergeant, my sergeant at arms vest has to be short, you know, and stuff like that to where they brought that back and said, okay, cool. We're going to model our club after this, after this group on television. Mm. And then that's how, that's how it's done. Um, so he made it, he made a pretty good case in my opinion. Uh, for ignorance being a thing. He was and fucking with you again. No. <laughs> no. He did get me pretty damn good that one show, though. I still feel bad about that. I know well, I got got. I'm still looking for Ashton Kutcher because I got punk. When his but, dad died? Yeah, when when both of his dads died. Who did was, you see that, Silent? Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he made a TikTok and then he put it in the group. <laughs> damn. Got my ass. I don't even yeah. think we were done with the episode before that shit was up. But <laughs> so but I got nah, another one for you. I got another um, one for what, you. Well, let me let me jump on that real quick, Jim. Yeah. Please. Um. So I understand really what you were saying on that, Ken. Um. But the issue with that even is is these guys that start these clubs. If you really look at them and look at who's starting them. They're, they're usually guys that were already in a club. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like more often than not, that's what you're going to find. Right. 99.9% of the time they were former members of another club. Now there is, and, and 
I've had conversation where well, we all have on the staff, you know, about these clubs um, that come and they want to be sanctioned and, you know, that they, they come with a response of, well, I don't like what they're doing or we're going to do something different. You know, we want to do something different. And, and again, there, you can't do anything different. There's, there's thousands of clubs in the United States. There's usually hundreds in every state. There's nothing you're going to bring to the table that's not already on the table. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you think know. about it. You got, uh, we were talking about like the frogmen, right? They're, they're all Navy SEALs, you know? Mm-hmm. Killerman's sons, they're all Rangers. Um, you got uh, uh, veterans MC, you know, that are all veterans. You got CVMA that's all veterans. There's the one percenters, there's 99 percenters, there's outlaw support clubs, there's regular support clubs, there's, you know, clean and sober clubs, motorcycle ministry clubs. There, there's nothing you can bring to the table. Um, Baca, you know, there, there's nothing you can bring to the table that doesn't already exist. Yeah, so I finally got the uh, approval to download our archive for Four for the Road, um, just just in case we need it for the backup page, right? Right. And I was I was going through and I was kind of scheduling some of my older posts to kind of hop on, like the just to get back into the continuity. And I'm kind of a masturbatory when it comes, like I'll read something from my, uh, you know, from the past, and then I'll it'll it'll motivate me to write something different or to expand on a specific like subsection of the topic that I was that I was writing on. And that was one of the posts that I came across today. Was there there your spot the fuck on there is nothing new that anybody else is going to bring to the table um you know there's there's nationwide clubs like literally coast to coast uh you'll find one percent clubs that are coast to coast you'll find veterans organizations organizations literally fucking anything that you want to put on your back you're going to find it in any of these 50 states and it might not be the flashy name that you're looking for Right. Like if you are in love with a specific one percent club and that one percent club isn't in your area, they might try to start something different. Right. Almost. I can almost get on board with that. But at the end of the day, look outside your county. You know, when, you know, in my former club, I had a guy that lived uh, two counties away that was prospecting or that was that was attempting to prospect. He, he, He ended up not for other reasons. Um, but he would have been he would have been a great addition to the club. But he lived two counties away, and he was still making the effort to come down, to hang out, to commune with my brothers when he could. If they had off days that worked together in the middle of the week, he'd come down and come see him. He opened up his house to us many times to to just come up there and party because he had a decent bit of land, and obviously he's biker friendly, right? So it, it really depends. It, it, it really just comes down to searching out what's in your area. And if you can't find it on Google search, Google biker bars in the surrounding counties of yours. And then just go over there and hang out. Eventually, you're going to run into somebody that you're going to you're going to vibe with. You're going to say, hey, you know what? I want to I want to meet more of these people that he's associated with. And then. You're, you're going to find a home. Because nothing that you're doing is going to be any different than anybody else. Right. Of all the counties in this in this nation, maybe one or two counties, you'll find something that that you could bring something new into the into the mix. But most of it, I would disagree with you wholeheartedly. Do you think there's a big difference between starting a new club and starting a chapter of an established club that's not in that area? To an extent, um. I look at so I look at starting a new club. Um, if you're doing like the COC route, or because that, and, and I use that as an example just because that's what I have most experience with. You're going to come into a room full of patch holders from a, a myriad of different clubs, and you're going to have to look at them all in the face and say, "Your club's not good enough for me," because that's that's what they're saying by trying to start something new. You're not good enough for me. You don't meet my expectations to be a good brother. So I'm then how, start this how would a how would a club ever expand though if, if you were if that's why I said I, I, I got, got kind of like mixed emotions on it. On one yeah, hand, I, hear that. I, I think it's I think it's pretty cool, right? 
Um, I, I think it's it's awesome that you get a group of guys that are not in a club that want to put in the work to earn that brotherhood from that nation to bring that club a to to help that club expand and to bring that 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 flavor of MC to their area. I think that's really cool because that takes a shit ton of work. And whoever tells you any differently, they're fucking lying to you guys. That is that is probably more work than prospecting for a club that's in your area, in my opinion, right? This is just punk rock, this is, in my opinion. Um, what do you think, Sean? On the, Go ahead. I, I think there's a huge difference between the two. You know? Um, you know, when you're talking about starting a chapter in another area – you know, a lot of your top clubs, they relocate people. They don't. Uh, they don't necessarily just just grab five guys from that area and say, "Hey, now you're with club, you know X Y Z." You know, um, they generally relocate people to that area and they build that chapter. Um, when a when a new club starts up in that area. It goes back to what I said earlier. What is that club bringing to the area? You know, especially if they're not wearing a diamond. You know, what are they bringing to that area that that dominant club hasn't already sanctioned for that area? You know, it's. it's I think there's a huge, huge difference between expansion of of any club um, to starting a new club in that area. Yeah, yeah and, that's, and that's what I was getting at, right? Like, just starting a new club, been done. Like, whatever you want, yeah. been done. But to bring a new, to bring a charter of an existing club in there, it's gonna be fucking work. And you know, I obviously, like, I've I've seen it happen with ninety nine percent clubs. I personally have not witnessed it with a one percent club, um, but. It's, it's going to be fucking work. And to me, that's it's a really righteous thing. You know, I know a guy, I'm not going to put, you know, I'm not going to name name or, you know, whatever, but. We will know, call him uh, George. Yeah. Okay. We'll call him George. You know, George, he lived up in, uh, you know, another county of the state that he currently lives in, you know, and this is probably back in the 1800s, you know, uh, dude's old as shit, uh, but he prospected for Easy. his club counties away. <laughs> Um, yeah. But, you know, he, he talks about the the work and the pride that he took in in doing so, mm-hmm. you know, he t- and, and then when you speak to him today about his club, there's nothing more that he could ever want out of life other than just being a good dad, being a good husband and killing it, being a good brother for his brothers and setting the example, leading by example. Well, you know, you what know they they say, easy in, easy out. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. you know, and on that same note, uh, or same topic, you got to remember this too. Most of your, your clubs that are doing these type of expansions have years under their belt. You know, look, you know, 13 rebels, you know, my nation, you know, that we've been, we've been in existence for 54 years, you know, so we, we have made a shit ton of mistakes through time, you know, and we have learned from our mistakes. And uh, at the same time, we have uh, fixed those mistakes, hopefully. So when we expand, we're going off of past history. You know, hey, this works, this doesn't work. You know, it's easier to expand in other areas based on the experience. When you start a new chapter or a new club in a, in an area, you have no historical factual data on how to fucking do what you're doing, you know. And you're trying to get around the traditional way of doing shit. That's why you're starting up your own club. Does that make sense? So you know, absolutely, you know, thirteen rebels. If you decided, hey, we're gonna start up Florida, you know. Well, granted, we're full down here, so don't come down here to begin with. But <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, but that's a hypothetical situation. So, but well, I was just you know, gonna say most of my wardrobe's already black and white. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 
um, you know, in the event that does, let's hypothetically say it did happen, you have your nation has built enough chapters in different areas that starting up in Florida would not be a hard thing to do. You know, you have experience in history in doing that. You know, you pull out that checklist and say, hey, was this done? Was this done? Was this done? Was this done? You know, and boom, there you go. You know, these these fly by night fucking clubs that pop up, they don't have that. So they're they don't have the checklist and they're making mistakes because they they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So and they don't have the contacts, you know. No. You've got to you've got to pave the streets before you can roll down them. So and that takes contacts, that takes relationships. Right. So again, I come I come from the West Coast. I come from Southern California, right? So and I and I know things are different. The things are well, different they, from San they Diego. Have motorcycle from clubs? They, they uh, have motorcycle clubs out there? Uh, one or two. <laughs> yeah. Just, just a couple, you know. Um you know, I, I gave this piece of advice to a gentleman that wanted to start up a club that was sanctioned in another country by a, uh, we'll say, a not friendly club of the one of the more populated 1% clubs in San Diego. He was asking me how to do it. We had a mutual friend. I said, man, honestly, what I would suggest is you start out, you know, we're looking at a five-year program, right? And... You know, you start out, you're you're just blank cuts. There's no nothing on them, no pins, no patches, nothing. You're riding around as a group, and you're out there, and everybody's going to start recognizing, hey, these, you know, these three bikes, these five bikes, these ten bikes, they're always together. You know, you do that for a couple of months, and then you start attending these public events. And for those of you guys out there in listener land that are thinking about starting a, a club in your area, please pay attention. Because um, this is a guaranteed way to not get your ass kicked. I'm not saying it's going to work, but it's, it, you know, you're, I'm not saying your club will form, but you'll not get a black eye. I promise you that. Uh, months, you you should know, say that. Six, I, no, I'm, I'm pretty confident. Pretty confident. Uh, I've, seen, yeah. I've seen it happen. So, Man, you know, all it takes that, is one stupid seven, move. <laughs> seven to 10 months, you know, you guys are riding around, you're attending public bike nights, you're attending public. Uh, club events that are that are being hosted by your local clubs and you're and you're getting together with these people and you're starting to introduce yourself you're starting to intermingle you guys are building bonds and then you know but around the year mark you start introducing the idea hey you know what me and my friends were thinking about starting a club you're gonna get a lot of pushback from that people are gonna say well why don't you just join my club you know what's what's wrong with my club hey it's nothing against your club it's just I want to do it with these guys. We want to do it our way. And I'm not saying that your club does it wrong. I just want to do it a different way. And you keep yeah. that up for a year. And then no. where, but yeah, see, I know, I know. But like I said, that's, I, I watched this happen. And they're all wearing the three-piece patch now. And then around their three-year mark, they started wearing pins of their back patch. They had a they had like a two-inch pin made, and they all wear them on on the either on their pocket flap or their lapel. I forget, but that's where they all wore. They all wore it at the same spot, and they were all running around saying, "Hey, look, this is what we want to do. This is what it's going to look like. This is what the colors are going to be." Blah blah blah. And they had an overwhelming support from the community. So when they finally decided to pull the trigger and put patches on, they showed up to the new club meeting at COC meeting wearing their buttons. And saying, hey, guys, look, we want to formally introduce ourselves. This is what's going on. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're about. No, you can't see my bylaws. No, I'm not going to break everything down about my patch to you because that's my club business. Thank you so much for your time. They showed up at the COC meeting, at the regular COC meeting, probably about a month later, and it was a unanimous vote. They were all in. So that may not work in Virginia. That sure as fuck won't work in Florida. So, you know, because Florida is El Clozo. Don't fucking try it. You know, well, but, you know, it, I don't, you know, I know Jim's got something to say, so I, I'm, I'll make this real quick. Because, again, it changes from coast to coast, okay? That whole going to the COC and get sanctioned to wear your patches, that's not what the fucking COC is about. 
That's not what the income is about. The, these other big clubs, you know, again, I'm going to, I'm speaking for silent. I'm not speaking for the Warlocks nation, right? Those, those, the incomes and the COCs are not for sanctioning clubs. That's what dominant clubs do on their time. You know, the, the COCs were there for the clubs to get together and discuss the topics that affect the motorcycle community. Like, like the profiling project, you know, abate things like that, things that affect the community as a whole, not for sanctioning clubs. That's that's there's there shouldn't be any club politics happening at a COC. I just sent you a little message in the private. Yeah, chat I got it. I got I am it. So and just just so everybody else is just aware, right? Like I don't want to seem like I'm like talking shit or anything like that. I'm just really excited to share how we do things in San Diego with Pops yeah. because. He's probably going right. to lose his fucking mind. But, you know, <laughs> if, if, if Jim may know, I don't know how involved in the incomes and stuff, but if you go to income, none of that happens at income. Income is there to discuss the issues as a whole in the motorcycle community. You know, 1% clubs from across the border coming there. The same thing should be happening at the COC level. You know, which is your your state and district or region, however you want to look at it, prior to going to income. You know, again, I'm speaking for me. I'm telling you how things work in Florida. You know, that shit don't happen at a COC in Florida. Club politics stay out of there. But yes, some of the most respectful conversations you'll ever hear between clubs is at the COCs, at least here on the East Coast, because it's all about things that affects everyone. And it's it, most of the agreements already agreed to before they even get brought up. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. More or less make it, you know, official more or less at the, at the meeting. But. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe one day, uh, Ken, when you're down in this area, um, you know, you can go as a, as a guest to the COC and actually see how a, a Florida COC operates to compare it to the West coast and just see the difference. You know I what would I mean? Love to, I would love yeah. to see that. Yeah. Just to see how it works. Cause none of that shit is discussed. If, if, if my nation and, and a club want to talk about being sanctioned or whatever that, that, you know, and if it's in our area, you know, that's uh, that's a sit down or a meeting that happens, you know, at our clubhouse, you know, or one of the clubhouses in one of our many areas. You know, that's where that happens. As the COC is not the place for that. Now, I I know San Diego works differently. I, you know, right. I, I know right. one of the the NSW guys that started, you know, the club there and how they did it. And I, I think even San Diego is a little different than the entire rest of the West Coast. I would yeah. imagine. It's, so San Diego is, has it's, its own unique thing. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, I'm my my. Whenever I'm speaking on stuff like this, you know, that's just from my experience in San Diego. I was never involved in another COC outside of San Diego, um, and realistically, outside of really outside of like Southern California, <clears throat> protocols lost on me you know, outside of <laughs> Southern California protocol. And it, and it is because it, I mean, it changes region to region. You know, you can't even just lump the Southwest into one region, you know, because what flies in San Diego is, I would, I would say, I'm not speaking for anybody. This is just my, my guess slash observation. Um, protocol is kind of the same in like San Diego, Riverside, San Bernardino, LA County. And then you start getting north of that and it, it starts to change. You start getting into Arizona, you know, that it starts to change. And and it's none of my fucking business. I don't run shit. You know, the only thing I'm running is this record button on a podcast. That's it. You know? Right. Right. And and, and like I said, and, I'm and not, it's, I'm it's not... up to it's up to the people who are traveling through and or moving to a new area. It's up to them to learn that. Because like me mm. coming to Jacksonville ran by a club that doesn't exist on the, on the West coast. You know, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm begging for some repercussions. If I were to bow my chest up at him and say, well, in San Diego, we do it this way. I'm begging for problems at that point. 
you know. So I'm just I'm just saying, based off of my observation, the last mm-hmm. I'd say eight years doing doing the club stuff in San Diego. That's that's a that's my observation. All right. Well, yeah, you know, and that's what I was saying. I'm not saying that uh, that San Diego is doing something wrong, you know. Um, and, and I guess if I was trying to say that they're doing it wrong, I will retract that statement. Um, no, I, I never, I never took it that way. Yeah, well, I don't know if I used that wording because um, I don't remember exactly how I worded it. Um, San Diego is doing things how they do it in San Diego. You know, um, Florida does things how we do it in Florida. So I, I don't agree with if that's how San Diego's doing it. I don't agree with the way they're doing it. But, you know, I don't fucking live in San Diego, so I don't have to deal with it. You know, um, and they don't live in Florida, so they don't have to deal with how we do things in Florida. So if, if Florida. it works. <laughs> if Florida's it, a wild, it, wild west. Let's just call it like it is. It's fucking, it's insane in Florida. But see, for for those of us that live here, it's it's. I mean, it's just how things are done. You know, it it, it confuses a lot of people, and a lot of people are flabbergasted. You know, like Ken, for example, when he came down here. You know, but not a lie, no lies yeah, detected. Yeah, but those of us that live here, you know, it, it's just the norm. You know, this is day to day how shit is. Yep. So. Um, but hey, if it works in San Diego, fucking roll on with it. You know, it, that's that's how things work. But just, you know, uh, you know that we have a joke. That don't don't uh, don't New York my Florida. You know, and uh, you know, and I'm sure they would probably be the same way. You know, San Diego saying don't Florida my San Diego. You know, so, <laughs> you know, it's your well, rules. It's- keep keep them there. You know. Well, as much as I believe that, you know, you're going to do things how you're going to do things. And I'm sure there's differences between where you live at and where I live at. You know, I'm sure that there's there's differences. Maybe they're not huge. Maybe they're just minor differences here and there. But right. at the end of the day, the only thing that happens, regardless of how you got there, you're going to learn. Whether you yeah. fuck around and found out or you were educated, you're going to learn. And it, to me... I either win or I learn. And if I learn, I won. So, so yeah. I'll win. There, there's different levels too. Silent gets the full effect. He gets everything. Uh, me and my club, you know, we have what's right in front of us, what's what's on our plate. But Silent gets the whole fucking smorgasbord, man, the whole fucking deal. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I don't <laughs> More power to you, man. <laughs> well, hey, we are uh, you know, we don't have Dave with us to tell us that we're right about an hour, but we're not, you know, we're we're about 47 minutes here. But unfortunately, I have to depart. So, Dad, you got anything for our uh for our listeners before we head out of here? No, I don't uh, you know, I hope the listeners learn something every time they listen to one of these podcasts. Um, you know, regardless of who is on it and doing the educating, you know, that life is about educating or being educated, we can all learn something from each other every single day. Um, but what I do is I want to wish, um, I want to wish Jim and, and Dave and, and, uh, uh, no shame and professor and everybody that's actually going to end up on this trip. Um, I don't know if Chris is going to do any traveling with y'all. Um, but I want to wish everybody safe travels, you know? And, uh, and again, I really look forward to, to hearing, about the uh, the trips on the road or stories on the road. Oh, right. Oh, what is that? <laughs> stories. I see what you did there. Stories yeah, from I'm, the road. I'm really looking forward to oh, Jim's no. brother changing his mind. Hey, stories <laughs> from the road. Look at that. Jim yeah. Van. Look at that. Yeah. He's holding my book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You yes. Know, and really if you haven't bought it, $7 on Amazon. You need to buy the book. Yeah. Don't be a cheap and not own this yeah. you don't want to hey i'll tell you this you don't want to meet the drifter and not have his book to sign that's all i'm saying <laughs> that right? is cheaper than a pack of cigarettes <laughs> it is cheaper than a pack of cigarettes Can't, i'm a smoker Can't that's what i was part. going for that, that, that's what i was going for <laughs> so yes. what about you jim you got any any parting words for our listeners out there 
Now, first of all, thanks, Silent, for that. Um, the other thing is, as we're traveling, we're going to be posting up on the Facebook page and Instagram where we're at, what we're doing. So if you're anywhere near there, hey, come out and see us. Uh, if you want to meet up with us, let us know. Stay in contact with us. And um, this whole trip is to go out and meet people. So we want to meet you. Come on out. Hey, Jim, are you going to do uh, one of those vlogs? We're going <laughs> to... Why are you laughing, punk rock? Huh? I know what a vlog is. It's whenever you really eat a big burrito and you got to go take a dump. You call that a vlog? It's because we had to teach him yesterday. Anyway. Yeah. No, uh, him, him and Andar taught me what a vlog was yesterday. And a b-log. There's a b-log and a b-log. No, it's, it's, it's a vlog and a blog. Oh, it's, you lost me now. Yeah. Yeah, they had me too. Well, it's not a vlog? Oh man! Fuck? Well, I mean, that's yeah. what you guys get for growing up in the world no, before no, they, you know when it, when it was still black and white, before color was invented. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, so so, so no vlogs, no vlogs. <laughs> All right. So what we got from this podcast is uh, do it carefully. Uh, <laughs> uh, buy Jim's book. And hit him up on uh, on the Fourth of the Road Instagram or the Facebook page. Um, yeah, I think I and, there we go. We wrapped up. We wrapped up fifty minutes of show. What's up? And do not New York Silence Florida. Don't do it. Do not New York Silence <laughs> Florida. I think that's going to be the name of this episode. Is don't New York I Florida. So, <laughs> um, awesome. So hey, seriously. Um, I've I've partied with both of these two gentlemen that are getting ready to head out on the road, and it's a fucking blasty blast. You will not regret losing a couple hours of sleep to come hang out with these guys, even though you got work the next day. So please hit them up, tell the stories, and just so everybody's clear that if uh, you're worried that a club that you may not be a fan of is also in the in the videos or whatever that that they're recording, this is not a conversation that we're trying to have between clubs or say, Oh, well, this guy from this club said this, there's no trash talk. There's not, there's none of that. It's just information. It's just history that you guys are willing to share and, and making a cool and what you love video about the life. culture. And that's it. And what, and what you love about the life. That's it. Yep. And what you love about the life. So gentlemen, thank you guys so much for your time. We really do appreciate it. We appreciate everybody out there in reader and listener land. You know, this is uh we we do this for for all y'all, you know, and we have a we have a damn good time doing it. I, I do have to admit I that. Agree. So I don't know what we have in store for you next week, guys, but I'm sure it'll be fun. Uh, I think No Shame is going to have plenty of stories to tell next week, so maybe we'll uh, we'll get him on a show, and we'll hear about him surfing through hurricanes and shit. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> uh, it's a lot more than that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be on. That. I want to be on that show. That's going to be like a three-hour show. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm with it, man. I'm here for it. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Hey, uh, again, gentlemen, thank you guys so much for your time, and we will catch y'all next week with something special.